0: back to Law Schoolers, another episode discussing, discussing secure transactions. In this episode, we're going to be going over the different types of collateral. We're going to be talking about the different categories, which are goods, intangible, and then quasi-intangible. We'll also be talking about collateral that can be possessed or controlled. And then underneath each of those main categories there are also subcategories of the different actual types of collateral and what sections actually define those types of collateral okay so let's go ahead and get right into it what is a collateral well collateral is going to be super important because each different type of collateral has a different different definition on how to attach and how to perfect Collateral is something that you offer up to secure the loan, and understanding what collateral is is very significant because you can't get any further in your analysis unless if you understand which type of collateral is in question. So let's talk about goods, and specifically tangible goods. Tangible goods are defined in Article 9, Section 9102, A44. It just says goods are all things that are movable when the security interest attaches. Goods can be any of the four following things. You can have consumer goods, which is defined in A23. You can have equipment, which is defined in A33. You can have farm products, which are defined in A34. And you can have inventory, which is defined in A48. Consumer goods are goods that are primarily bought for personal use, family, or household purposes. Equipment is anything other than inventory, farm products, or consumer goods. So equipment is going to be scrap all, anything else that is not farm products, inventory, or consumer goods. So what are farm products then? Well, farm products are going to be uh, goods that are used in farming operations, which are going to be defined in um, A35, they're going to include crops, livestock, supplies, or products that um, are products of the same in their unmanufactured state. So these are going to be milk turned into cheese, and the cheese is no longer a farm product, but milk is a farm product because cheese is manufactured, not unmanufactured. So inventory are not farm products that are either lended by a person as a lesser, or are going to be held in person for sale or lease, furnished by a person under a contract, or consists of raw material work in process, or materials used up or consumed in a business. Uh, The classic way to look at inventory is just thinking of the Walmart shelves. As they sit on the shelves of Walmart, they are inventory, they're being held, uh, they're being used up, Uh, So to speak, Uh, their life value continues to decline on the shelves, but they are used primarily to be sold or leased into other individuals. Okay, so those are goods. What about intangible personal property? Intangible personal property is just going to be rights and personal property. They're not going to be physical rights. They're going to be intangible. So... What are different types of intangible personal property? You have accounts. This is going to be defined in A two. You have deposit accounts, which are defined in A twenty nine. You have commercial tort claims, which are defined in A thirty. You have documents, which are defined sorry. Commercial tort claims, which are defined in A thirteen, not thirty. You have documents, which are defined in A thirty. You have chattel paper, which are defined in. A11, you have letter of credit rights, you have general intangibles which are defined in A42, and then you have investment property. So let's go ahead and just work through the most relevant of these. Uh, Accounts are primarily going to be accounts receivable. These are rights to a payment of a monetary obligation, whether or not they are earned by performance. It does not include the right to payment by child paper or an instrument, commercial tort claim, or a loan. The classic example are accounts receivable, uh, which is a business accounts receivable for gold sold on credit or for services provided on credit. In this situation, writing is not required to establish accounts receivable, rather to establish an account. So, in other words... What an account is: the debtor sells something, and the debtor is then owed something, and the creditor, who has the security interest in the accounts, are then using the collateral of the accounts to receive payment on their terms. Don't know if that made a whole lot of sense as I as I was explaining it, but it made sense in my mind. A deposit accounts are going to be like your checking accounts. Commercial tort claims, these are going to be, well, uh, judicial liens, so to speak. Actually, I take that back. I'm not sure what a ter- commercial tort claim is exactly. You've got chattel paper, uh, which is a record of records that shows both a monetary obligation and a security interest in specific goods or a lease of specific goods. So, Chattel paper requires two things. One, a monetary obligation, kind of like a promissory note. But two, it needs to establish a security interest in specific goods. Documents includes things like promissory notes and receipts. No, those are instruments. I apologize. Ignore what I said about documents. General intangibles are going to be personal property and that includes things in action where the item does not fit into any of the other categories so that's your catch-all so to speak and then we're given our quasi-intangible personal property you have instruments which are defined in a47 chattel paper again uh is somewhat tangible quasi-intangible you've got documents of title you've got certified security and then money Uh, So an instrument is a negotiable instrument or any other writing that evidences a right to the payment of a monetary obligation, is not itself a security agreement or a lease, and is a type that is in the ordinary course of business that is transferred by delivery with any necessary endorsement or assignment. 99% of the time, these are going to be promissory notes or checks. Chattel paper, we already talked about what chattel paper is. It's a monetary obligation plus a security interest. Documents and title are going to be your receipts, uh, which are described in Article 7, uh, 201B. And these are going to include warehouse receipts or records that shows that someone has a right uh, to have something stored in the Bailey's possession. The Bailey is just a person possessing something for another individual. Money is cash. Uh, Cash is gain, right? So now that we've talked about all the different types of collateral, most of these collateral, most, I should say, can have a filing statement, sorry, a financing statement filed to establish perfection. There are other ways to establish perfection, either through possession or control. We'll get more into this later. But ultimately, I do want to talk about which types can be possessed in addition to the financing statement and which types can be controlled. Ultimately, the difference is going to be you can possess things that are tangible and you can control things that are intangible. So you can possess goods, instruments, money, cert- cert- certificated securities, tangible chattel paper, Intangible negotiable documents of title. You can control deposit accounts, which deposit accounts are the only ones where you perfect by control. Financing statement's not going to cut it. Obviously, you can't possess. But deposit accounts, they have to be controlled to perfect. Uh, investment property, letter of credit rights, electronic chattel paper, and electronic documents of title. I also want to mention the composite agreement rule. This is something that we talked about in another uh, semester, but you can say that the composite agreement rule is kind of like the parole, parole evidence rule that we talked about in contracts, but it just says in very simple terms that if a single document does not satisfy the requirements to establish a security interest, meaning you don't have authentication and a collateral description in the uh, a security agreement, because you need to have both of those for the security agreement to be fine, then you can combine multiple documents to actually meet this standard. So one document can be signed saying, hey, there's a security interest. Another document can say, look, here's the collateral that the security interest is going to cover. Well, then that's going to be fine to satisfy it. So that's the type of collateral. Attachment requires, um, this is going back to something that we talked about in the um, past uh, episode, but it requires value, the debtor has rights in the collateral, and an authenticated security agreement. Now the authenticated security agreement, one, needs to be authenticated, but two, it needs to describe the collateral. And that's what we talked about in this episode, the different types of collateral. And you need to be very specific in the authenticated agreement or else you may not actually establish a security interest in those, in that collateral that you would otherwise want to have in your security collateral package. And those are going to be goods, intensible personal property, quasi-personal property, and then we also talked about those ones that can be Perfected either through possession or through control and not necessarily through the financing statement. Again, most of this is going to click as we go along later, um, but right now it's just you need to know it, you need to memorize it, and then you need to come back to it after we learn everything else. Bye.